Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Erica Corday. Erica is an entrepreneur, coach, and consultant. She is dedicated to expanding how multicultural professionals, managers, lawyers, coaches, and creative small business owners interact with the world. Erica, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Brent. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you here. And so when we talked uh, a little bit pre-show, you said that your kind of the main area that you focus on is helping businesses around the idea of diversity, equity, inclusion, ethics, and actions that they can take to improve their business in that area. So in, in your own words, can you explain kind of what you do for businesses and how that applies to digital agencies? Sure. Some of it comes down to speaking with the CEO, management, um, the leaders of different organizations, businesses, brands, and really going through what are some of the changes that they want to make, who is it that they want to support, why it matters, and how they can bring this into the actions that they're taking. You know, what is it that they want to see different when it comes to the company culture, how employees are interacting with each other, what is it that they want to basically bring to life when it comes to their values and beliefs to actually be a part of what they're doing, how they're doing it, and to do it from a place of intention. So digital agencies are in a place of, if you have other people that are working there and you want to have a environment that fosters inclusion and people feeling comfortable bringing their whole selves, then being able to, again, have that company culture that really fosters conversation and being able to talk about what makes people different yet similar and being able to have that also include your employees and their interaction with the people that you're working for or supporting. So when you look to create an environment that allows people to feel as though I want to work with this brand because I see myself represented, then it's just a matter of finding out how does this show up? How can I make this happen? How can I make this more than just let's talk about it? How do you make it actually happen? Erica, can you give me a specific example that maybe would would resonate with uh, our listeners? I have a business owner that has decided that she wants to begin to support women of color and the disparity as far as the pay gap. And women of color being a large amount of who is starting businesses, yet they make up the smallest amount of revenue that's actually brought into that pool. So for her, she wants to begin to bring her work around money mindset and the CEO type of engagement and support for female business owners into who she's offering it to, why she's offering it. And so she shifted her company culture to include this in her messaging, but she's also included in how she hires. She has changed everything to be able to say who she's supporting, but it's also back-facing. 
So it's a part of what she talks about, but it's also a part of what she's building on the back end as she's auditing her business and she's shifting to be more inclusive. So the um, so so this business owner in particular has kind of a stated goal of being more inclusive around women of color in the business and addressing addressing the pay gap. So as a business owner, like when should I be thinking about this as one of my priorities? Just is it based on my core values and this is something that I value and therefore I want to include it in kind of my business culture and vision? Or yeah, I mean, how, how do how do I make sure that this is the right thing for me to be thinking about? I think it's something that gets periodically audited. I think it's something that is a part of what you build in the very beginning because it is helping you to decide what are the core values of the brand? What does your mission and vision statement look like? But it's also something that as a business evolves and the things that you're doing service-wise as well as who you're serving, these things will change. You don't necessarily work with or for the same people say one year into your business as you may five years or 10 years into it. So I think it's something that you want to periodically check in and see who is it that I'm attracting? Is this who I want to be speaking to? What is it that I want them to know before I even actually speak with them so that these things are being conveyed through your website, your marketing efforts so that, and you want to make sure that it's cohesive. So there's no way to kind of do a set it and forget it and do it once. I think it's something that you're definitely going to have to kind of go in and check in with it. Similarly to where, you know, most business owners will go in and check and see, okay, this is what my marketing efforts are. Am I hitting these notes? Am I actually hitting my goals? I think it's very similar to any other goal. What What would be some of the notes that you would need to hit in terms of creating a more inclusive atmosphere? And what I'm hearing too from you is this is not just about team. This is also about attracting clients uh, and, and being inclusive in terms of who you're actually doing business with as well as who makes up your team? It is because I think that it's a it's an internal as well as kind of that forward-facing piece. I think when you think about company culture, whether you're a business of one, whether you're someone that maybe just works with a few virtual employees or maybe even just contractors, even if you don't have employees or if you have a staff of 50, there is still a certain amount of culture that you want to try to foster so that the messaging is cohesive because I think that it can be disjointed if it's not the same type of thing that you're showing to clients that you're actually doing and um, kind of being a, a, a thread between yourself and any of the people that are supporting your business. So if you have a company culture of supporting women of color but yet you have a team that doesn't have any of that diversity or this isn't something that's discussed, that this is who you want to include. If you know that you want to include having more women on a tech team, for example, because I think it's an area that is very male-dominated. If it's never something that comes up in discussion and there's never any actions taken to make this actually happen, nobody knows it exists and it's definitely not actually coming to fruition. How do you have this conversation with your team? I just, I feel like this is one of those areas where I don't know if I had like a male, mostly male team as an agency owner, which I know it is. 
I, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's, it tilts that direction. I mean, we have a lot of, we have a pretty diverse audience. I think we have a, when I look at my customer base, we have a pretty diverse customer base, but you know, how do you have this conversation in the right way? I'm just, I'm thinking about myself coming from kind of that like white male, you know, in a male dominated business. I, I almost feel like I would, I would risk being, you know, Michael Scott or whatever from the office, like coming in going, Hey team, we're going to do diversity today. And, and everybody is like rolling their eyes of like, Oh my gosh, is he really going there today? Right? Like, like how do you beat that stereotype and also not kind of not be the stereotypical, like if you happen to be a white male in this industry and you are looking to support a more diverse audience, like how do you not come across as being like aloof in that way? I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like this is just like a, an area for me that feels like high risk from coming from my perspective to like jump in and have that conversation and, and kind of welcome that. But at the same time, we want to be extraordinarily inclusive and it's not something that I ever really like think about being exclusive, but I just, I feel like it's a, it's a hard conversation to have. It, it's funny. The, the Michael Scott analogy is about the most perfect analogy that I could think of around that. It's, it's spot on because it's, it's a great example of what it can look like for someone to kind of begin to have dialogue around something and you're a little befuddled, like don't think that you truly are understanding what we're talking about or that you're even qualified to have this conversation. Um, and I can understand why from the outside in, it does look that way. What I think can happen is you need to first kind of have that clear understanding of what it is that diversity, equity, and or inclusion means for yourself, as well as your business and your brand, so that you can say, okay, well, these are the things that I know I want to foster or that I know I want this business to embody as a whole. And once that's understood, then I think just like any other area of our business that maybe isn't our specialty, we seek out people that this is what they do in order to possibly support and to maybe be that voice to bring certain things in, in the same way that say a large company has someone coming from HR or something like that. So I think that sometimes it's a conversation that maybe you want to have someone else have. And this is a good opportunity to almost kind of audit or poll the people that work with you or the people that work for you and your audience, if you feel comfortable with it, to begin to see maybe what they believe you believe. So if you, for example, have a more white male dominated business, but the people that work there foster values that support inclusivity, then that message still may be there. So I think part of that is acknowledging whether or not it's something that is, hey, we want to actually have the people that represent this, or is it about the values? I think we want both. But I think being able to at least be able to start by saying, okay, we do have these values, and now we want to actually have, let's say, diversity. You want this diversity to show up and what your clients are looking like or what your employees are looking like. And it's easier to begin to tackle that because now it's coming from a place of, the culture does support it. We just want to make sure that the people that we want to reach are aware that this is something that we support because mm. most people are going to look at something from a surface value and say, I don't see anyone that looks like me. Maybe I'm not welcome. So I think being able to acknowledge where those are kind of two separate sides of the same point, I think is very helpful for someone like you. Hey, agency owners, are you currently building, managing, or optimizing WordPress websites and struggling to keep up or becoming the bottleneck? I'm excited to announce Unlimited WP, a white-labeled team that can help you do more with less. 
Whether you're building a WordPress website, doing updates, or maintenance and backups, you can assign all those tasks and more to Unlimited WP so you can free your time, make more money, and focus on what's most important. Get 25% off your first month by using the code DAS2020 at unlimitedwp.com to start today. Now let's get back to our interview. It's, it's really interesting, Erica, because about, gosh, maybe it was like six months ago, maybe it was more, I, I looked at actually who we were you know, uh, interviewing on our show. and. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of our, uh, we, we choose a lot of our guests kind of strategically of who we see out in the marketplace. We also get a lot of uh, guest referrals, people that are on our show, and then they, they introduce us to really cool people. And so we, we grow our interview base, like who we interview very organically. Uh, and I had looked at, you know, the list. It was like, it was like, dude, 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 dude. You know, it's like all these guys, right? Because uh, I think you're right. Like the industry, I think, does tilt that direction. And I was like, man, I got to get in. And it was, it was interesting too, because we actually had made some effort to like proactive effort to reach out to more female agency owners. And it was interesting too, because it was actually harder to get them to commit to being on the show. Like not only were it was like fewer and far between, but like, I don't know, maybe they were more focused on their business or they didn't feel like they wanted the spotlight or whatever. But like we actually experienced quite a lot of challenge in trying to be exclusive, inclusive. Mm -hmm. And I eventually posted something out in in my uh, community and on my Facebook group. I said, Hey, I'm looking for some rock star female agency owners. And it was like that intent piece of literally just going out and putting messaging out there of like, this is who we're looking for. All of a sudden we started attracting, you know, more opportunities to interview female uh, agency owners. Right. And, and, and I was starting simple. I wasn't even going for like, you know, you know, female agency owners, people of color, like whatever, like we just wanted to at least start with like a gender diversity and just like make sure that we were representing what I think is more of the market, which is probably like 60, 40 mm-hmm. male to female. I don't think it's like 90, 10, which is actually what our interview sequence. We were probably interviewing 80% male, 20% female agency owners. Um, and now I think it's more like, it's probably more representative of 60, 40, but that intent piece, Erica, I think is interesting, at least for me and who we've had on this show. And we did have to like kind of go out of our way to make it happen. Like it wasn't just happening. And I can imagine for, for agency owners, even thinking about their team or even their clients of who they're attracting and who they're building their company around, if you're not intentionally going and making this an inclusive atmosphere, and sometimes it requires, I think, if you don't have an inclusive, if you don't have a lot of diversity, I think you have to actually go seek it to some level. So any, any like tips on, you know, you said kind of like what diversity, equity, in, in inclusion means for you, but like how, as, as somebody that's like new to this idea of the value that it could bring to your business or to your community or to your customer base, like how do you start making those steps? Like for me, it literally was going to Facebook and saying, I'm looking for female agency owners, end of story, please help me. It's not working how we're doing this, right? Like we had to put messaging out there. Does it work like that when it comes to hiring? Like I'm looking for women of color that are looking to work for an agency. Like, is that like literally how you have to go about this? I think in some ways, yes, because you experienced what a big piece of it is in the sense that when you realized what the disparity looked like, and that's where first you have to just acknowledge, you know, where this isn't necessarily where you would like it to be. And you realize that it wasn't happening organically. And I think, you know, for someone that understands the very tangible part of if you want sales, you have to make asks. You have to actually, you know, have something to sell. You have to build the relationships, whatever those things are that you actually do as a part of your marketing efforts to make money. I 
feel like this is very similar in that. So are you putting out there what it is that you want? You know, what efforts are you actually tangibly doing? Because it doesn't just, it it doesn't just kind of pop up. And it's, you know, just like any other kind of hiring, the perfect candidate doesn't just pop up. And so I think that when you recognize where maybe some of the disparities are and the changes that you would like to see happening, you can put it out there and begin to have those conversations because a part of that is just acknowledging it because in some cases, you know, you can be in an entire group of business owners and everyone's like, oh, I'm glad somebody said something because I was afraid to be the first one to say it. And once that conversation gets started, it can kind of snowball from there. I think part of it is having conversation. I think conversation is a huge part of it. You know, visiting a conference and having conversations with people that don't look like you to begin to talk about what you're kind of seeing happening and, you know, maybe even asking what, from their point of view, they think could be done differently. You know, what what would attract you? You know, what would stand out to you? Or, you know, where are you finding the people that you're connecting with that are really, you know, aligned? And just beginning to treat it just like any other part of your business with the point of like whatever you pay attention to, it grows. So if you're putting that intention there and you're actually noticing, okay, is this shifting? Is it making a difference? Does it matter if we put it in our messaging? Does it matter if we talk about it on LinkedIn? Does it matter if we're having these conversations in these different groups with different types of people and acknowledging what we stand for, where there's still a hole and, you know, having that conversation around, hey, what does this look like? You know, is anyone else experiencing these kinds of things? I think there's a lot of power in business owners uniting over similar challenges that people just maybe are nervous to bring to the table. Are there risks in both bringing this up within your company or within your I mean, I'm hearing things like marketing and messaging. Uh, are there mm-hmm. risks to doing this? I mean, I, I can see there's probably, you know, there's risks to not doing this is that you're creating an environment that is potentially exclusive to mm-hmm. a group of people. But is there, you know, kind of come back to Michael Scott, right? Are, what are the risks of actually doing this? Like, I, I could just see myself going out there. I think that like my post about, hey, I'm looking for some more like rock star female agency owners to, to interview. I mean, I remember even when I wrote that, I felt like... I mean, it turned out fine, but I did feel like I was going to be judged by both, both sides. Like, why are you guys not, you know, why can't I be, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy. Why can't I be on your show? Right. Or, you know, or was I saying it in the right way that wouldn't come across as like demeaning in any way? Like I, I felt like there was a risk to even, you know, putting that kind of message out there. Like I felt a little bit of fear and, 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 and tension around putting it out there, which is why I hadn't until then, right? I kind of worked in the background of like, hey, do you guys know any like, you know, I'd kind of asked direct questions to people about it, but I'd never put out a public statement. So like, are there risks to having this conversation around diversity and inclusion? I think anything can have a risk. And being a business owner, like it's just kind of a part of of, of the landscape that can come with it. I think the bigger risk is is if you don't, in my opinion, though, I tend to think that any of the risks that can pop up are negated by what the benefit can be. Because even if it's not perfect, then it does give you a place to begin to have dialogue. Because let's say, for example, it's put on Facebook and you kind of have half this dialogue and someone pops back in and they're like, hey, this is kind of my take on it. This is how I feel. These were the feelings that came up for me. Then it can possibly begin dialogue 
for an understanding of what someone else's perception or reality can look like. And I think that that can be a benefit if someone is willing to have that conversation. And then it can foster the space for openness. Because if that comes up, and it's what I consider to be imperfect allyship, an opportunity to continue conversation at a moment that may be uncomfortable and you're not running from it and you're saying, I can see how, you know, this is how you feel that I maybe didn't consider that because this is kind of what my normal is. You know, is there anything that you think maybe could be done differently that would make you feel more included or more valued or more seen? I think it can create an opportunity for things to be expanded on in, in a really full and synergistic way. So any of these types of efforts are not going to be something that is going to always be perfect. So if you use the model of imperfect allyship, which imperfect allyship is simply saying that I'm, I might stick my foot in my mouth, it may not be perfect, but I'm willing to do the thing anyway, and to be open to learning and to be open to having dialogue, be open to considering what someone else's reality looks like. And if it's a learning or teachable type of moment, taking that from a place of education and humility and continuing on, that's the only way that things are going to happen because we don't know everything and we don't always know where someone is in regards to something. So the not having the conversation leaves a whole lot more ambiguity there. Yeah. I um I have kind of, I don't know if this is a funny story. This is a, this is a story of like reality of where this this comes into play. I think you were uh, introduced to me by uh, one of our team, Brandy, uh, one of our mentors, and um we were actually so this past year at U Summit. So U Summit is our our annual event, and we always try to like I do try to make this like an intent in terms of when we are planning speakers and panels and things like that. I'm sure I have a lot of room to grow and, uh, and, and develop here, but it was really interesting this past year we did have, you know, we put some work into this and we wanted to make sure that things seem like balanced in terms of like diversity and gender and things like that in terms of speakers. And we had like last minute, one of our speakers, uh, canceled on us. Right. And, uh, it, it was, it was, it was not, you know, it was, it was a woman of color, right. It was like, you know, and then the way that the, you know, we had to backfill that, that keynote with kind of like the first available kind of like, who's like close to us. Right. And that day, you know, it ended up looking very like white male. And this is such a weird thing to be like having to think about, like I, not weird. I mean, I think it's the right thing, but it's also like, as a, as a conference organizer, you're also kind of like, I want to make sure that the content and, and that's there too, right? Like how much of the, of the diversity piece is key. But I think for some people, right, that they want to see that there's an inclusive atmosphere, that there's a, a varied amount of backgrounds and uh, worldviews represented in the content. But it was really interesting because then later that day, somebody came up to me and like confronted me about like the, you know, it wasn't that it was all white dudes that were talking because they weren't like it was there was diversity in color in terms of the 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 representation there but like our woman uh female speaker that day had been had kind of bailed on us right and actually wasn't like due to something that we did it was like they double booked themselves and it was like you know i was kind of frustrated with the situation as you can tell uh but then it was like really interesting to actually get kind of like because because perception is everything right it's like people's reality Mm -hmm. and then somebody actually came up to me and confronted me about like not having diversity which of course i feel like i'm like okay like we put a lot of work into this we tried to make it happen you know like i don't know like i don't know what personally like what to do in those situations because i'm just saying like it happens like people actually are looking for this 
And when they don't feel like they're being represented, like uh, some people definitely confront and like will call you out and then like it reflects bad on your brand. Like it happened to me, you know, it's happened to us multiple times with conferences and stuff. And I'm, I don't think that my response was probably perfect in that way. I was like, well, you know, like, Hey, like we tried, you know, kind of thing, but I don't know if that's good enough. It's interesting. I've actually done a few workshops and groups recently around inclusivity when it comes to conferences and where you choose to lend your voice and what to do if it doesn't feel inclusive. And the interesting point in that is they came to you, which in some cases people just don't say anything. So I think that it's, it is a positive as awkward as it definitely feels in the moment that they said something, but then that you didn't shut down the conversation or, you know, maybe immediately go into defense mode because not knowing that you had someone else in that slot, but you know, this is kind of what happened and this is what you had to deal with. Here's what's going on. And it's, it's very tough because you're stuck in a place of wanting to bring in the information that you want to have conveyed and hoping that it comes across in an inclusive way. Like you said, with, with the views um, being inclusive, but also the people, uh, gender, age, all of these different things. And so there's a lot of different layers of it, but I think it can be an opportunity to acknowledge how when you need it, it's already too late mm. in the sense that you you want to kind of do what you can to not only build build in people that are going to be able to foster the message that your particular space is actually giving out, but also beginning to have that network of other people that you respect, other people that are peers, other people that you're taking in information from and creating some of that diversity in that area so that when life just kind of happens and things like that come up, it's like, okay, maybe I can have more of an array of places to choose from as opposed to like, I have one other person that's going <laughs> to fill in this space with diversity. And, and that's because it's, it, it happens. And I spoke at a conference back in October and someone that um, we knew actually ended up um, having an emergency and not being able to come it just so happened at the last minute we filled in and they actually got diversity from it in that we were able to fill it with a panel of four women of color. Mm. And we all had, you know, we were all speaking from different points of view, different areas of expertise. And it gave this particular conference a panel that wasn't us speaking about being women of color. We were four women of color giving information and context around social media strategy. Right. And so, you know, that's where you want to try to have as many of these types of levels of the diversity already there. So that's where you want to begin to foster this ahead of time as much as possible so that when the bottom does drop out of something, you're not like, crap, I've got 55 <laughs> white men I can call and this is not what I want to do right now. <laughs> well, I know it was like, you know, it's like I'm stuck between, I mean, it was kind of like that post I made to get more female agency owners on the show, which again, I'm, I'm talking about just like one of the diversity buckets, right? Like gender, mm -hmm. you know, of like even, like, and I knew when it happened, I was like, man, I know how this is going to seem. It's like, I don't want to go out and be like, Hey guys. So, you know, welcome to day two of this event. I know we always try to have some diversity, but, uh, Hey, we're going to, we're going to listen to some white dudes today. Right. Like, I mean that like <laughs> in context, that would be like the weirdest thing I've ever said. And it would also, all of a sudden bring focus to an issue that like I almost kind of honestly hope, would hope that our audience 
regardless of who the speakers are in, in the diversity, right, are more focused on like, I mean, they all have kind of what's in it for me for the conference. Like they probably aren't necessarily attending for that reason, but it's, it's a lens, right? Like it does affect content. It does affect messaging and worldview and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I kind of, I, I don't know if I'm not, I'm not complaining about being in a rock and a hard place. Like it is what it is. Like it's just how things fall out. But I, I hear you like having more of a, of a bench. And maybe it's like, if you are in a place of lack of diversity, like you don't have a lot of people from different genders or age groups or race, you know, maybe it's, it's about just putting that intent there and realizing it's going to take some time to kind of, you know, make that more of a reality if you stick with it. And honestly, you just mentioned the one part that I feel like most people struggle with when it comes to this work. Pretty much every client that I have does the work and they're putting in the effort. They're changing their messaging. They're networking differently. They're talking about how their intentions are beginning to come to life in their business and why they're making these changes. And they're coming at this from a very forward focused place, but they're looking like, okay, I, I did that. So I'm, I'm, I'm good now. It's going to all happen. And it's like, no, it's not really how that works. You know, it's not a flip a switch and, you know, here we go. Everything just kind of shows up. It definitely takes time. And it's a lot of planting seeds because if this isn't something that was happening prior, you are building these relationships. You're building this rapport. You're trying to create this connection with people that you want to be organic. And being that this maybe isn't something that appeared to be a part of the norm for your business, then it's kind of hard to all of a sudden think, yep, we're going to all of a sudden have 15 you know, people that are going to pop up that are going to kind of fill in these different areas of diversity that we want to be able to include. And it's all going to happen in six weeks. It, it's not one of those kind of measurable business things in that type of of way. And I think that it's something that is a continuing evolution and it really does require resiliency and stamina and just staying the course and knowing that it, it, it is happening and just trusting the process. Hey, what's up agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast so I can focus on getting my clients results and building a successful and profitable agency. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more info at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. Can trying to check the diversity box, uh, like, does it matter that it's authentic or, or not authentic if you're, if either oh, way yeah. you're kind of trying to head that direction. I mean, I think we, we've tried to do it in a way where it's, it, it is an authentic intent of like, Hey, like I, I think that there are, I think having people of diverse backgrounds and worldviews, like I think it helps a lot with like content and quality and like taking different perspectives in play. But is it, um, you know, I mean, I, I remember back when I was, this is pretty early on in our, in our agency, uh, probably in like 2000, to 2003, we were designing a site for California Department of Health. And, you know, I was, I was young, you know, I grew up in, in Texas, right? We were creating a design for something. They needed some stock photography. We went and grabbed a stock photo. It was, you know, it was like a 
five like white people in like medical looking jackets or something, you know, like it was not like diversity was not even on my radar as like something from a designer that I was even like conscious of at the time. I don't, I mean, this is again around the year 2000. Like I think there was, I mean, obviously there was like, I I don't think diversity as much was much a conversation as it is later in the 2000s. And then, and then the last like five, 10 years, I think it's been a much, much more in the public spotlight. But at that time, you know, I remember, I remember they, uh, you know, we got this feedback from them was just like, it, it was straight. Like they, they were the first people I remember specifically in my mind, that client was like, we need different photos. Those photos needed, we need to have diversity in the photos. And I remember being like, this is so weird. Like, and it, and it just didn't connect with me. And like, I think as I worked on the project, I started understanding more of like, okay, cool. We're going to have visitors coming to the site. They are going to be from a diverse set of backgrounds. We need to make them feel comfortable with the user experience of this website. Mm-hmm. So having, you know, having people of color in the stock photos, like at the time it seemed very like inconsequential, but I think over the course of that project, I started kind of understanding it more, but I have to say like when at first, when they first gave me that feedback, it was like, you know, we need more people of color in the, in the images. It was like, oh, okay. Right. It was like this big, like, oh yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. That probably makes sense. Right. It was, but, but um, Mm -hmm. like, how do you even approach that from a work perspective? Like, how do you know, like, how do you know, like the, the ratios or how to make that? Like, is it just a matter of like making sure you make it a little bit diverse or is there like, is there science? Is there methodologies for this about how to make your messaging and your even visuals more inclusive? I always feel like the first place to start is auditing. What are the values that you want to be reflected? So who is it that you're supporting? What does diversity mean to your brand? What does this look like in action? Who is it that you're speaking to? Who is it that you want to work with? Like, what does your ideal client look like? And not just from, you know, a Facebook ad type of thing of like race, gender, occupation, but what is it they that they believe in? What is their ideology? And, you know, do they, you know, are they minimalist? Do, do they believe in spending for the sake of spending or are they more frugal? So really just kind of understanding a little bit more of that psychographic. I think if you're understanding first who it is that you're speaking to, who you value, what they value, I think it is a little bit easier because for some brands, it's going to be women of color. And that's always a good example for say someone in tech, because that's a very small demographic that they're trying to grow. If you have someone that's say in a medical setting, then they want to make sure that it is including, you know, males, females, elderly, um, non-binary. You want it to be inclusive because you don't, wouldn't want someone to feel as though they can't receive care there. So it really depends on deciding what it is that your brand kind of stands for. And it's not in the sense of, well, if I don't show this, then it means I don't stand for it. But it's from a place of truly kind of understanding what you want this to reflect as as your starting place. And then from there it's beginning to preferably have some imagery that you can actually have created for your brand. I'm not always as much of a fan for stock photo only because stock photo, first of all, you have that like one photo that every business uses. So it's (laughs) like, this is the, 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 uh, the token, uh, diverse, you know, team high-fiving, right? Here's the token diverse team meeting at a desk, right? Like, (laughs) yes, it's like insert brown hand here and we're good. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. (laughs) So you have to be so careful from that point of view. But then 
you know, I, I have a client right now that what she ran into was she was updating a workbook that she uses and she wanted to put some inclusive photography in it. And she realized that she was using some stock for it, but what she, what she ran up against was how difficult it was to find stock photos that were inclusive because she could find women of color, but then they were all very fair skinned. So there was no diversity of skin tone. She found Mm. next to no diversity when it came to age. So finding a woman that was, you know, I guess (laughs) we'll we'll say beyond childbearing age, you know, that just kind of wasn't happening. There was no diversity when it came to size. Um, You're definitely finding a lot more when it comes to non-binary, same sex, anything like that. My other uh, company that I own is a hair and makeup company. And for weddings, finding imagery for same-sex couples, it's, it's slim to none. So if someone was trying to speak to that demographic, well, good luck. Like, you're going to have to absolutely create this because you're not going to find it. So the gift and the curse in it is, is that stock photo is very limited. The gift is that you are now seeing what is being represented as the norm and where there's a disparity, which can sometimes co-sign why it's so important to highlight these things that aren't being readily highlighted, these people that don't, they're not being seen. They're not being demonstrated. They're not a part of the conversation. Erica, this is a fascinating conversation. And I, uh, I, I appreciate you being willing to come on the show and kind of dive into this. I know this is like your sweet spot. This is kind of the conversation that you're having uh, daily. I think for most of us business owners, we're probably not having this conversation enough. And uh, quite frankly, for a lot of people, I think this conversation kind of freaks you out. Uh, freaks, you know, freaks me out, right? Going to my team and being like, hey, let's talk about diversity today. I'm like, ugh, like there's <laughs> 20 other things that are on my list today that seem a little bit less like daunting to me, right? Or at least less risky mm-hmm. for me. But I, I, I love this conversation. I think it's it, it, it has to happen and it, it is happening. And if you're not having the conversation, uh, I think what ends up happening is people just make assumptions about where you may or may not stand based on what they're seeing in your messaging or your visuals or things like that. And I think that, um, I think having this conversation with your team, with your clients, with, with, with your, uh, with your communities, right. I think it, it, it is, it feels risky in the front end, but I think everybody comes out of the conversation, hopefully better off than when they went into it. So I think Erica, you've helped us at least for our, our, our show, you know, start that conversation with, uh, with our audience. And I think it was kind of fun to talk about you know, some of those things that, that we've gone through around this space. And also, I'm sure for our audience, they've probably experienced similar things. Uh, Erica, are you ready for our lightning round? Yes, let's do it. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, stay curious. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I'm all over the place with what I like and the things that I take in music and art and television and people and conversations. So this beautiful, messy melange of all the things contributes to what matters. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? I'm going to recommend conversation with someone that doesn't look like you. Not an app. Real life thing. (laughs) (laughs) Fitting. Very fitting. Uh, And what book would you recommend and why? Oh, The Alchemist. I always recommend The Alchemist. I absolutely love this book. It was something that was recommended to me for so long. And when I finally read it, it's, I mean, it just shifts how you think and how you look at things and possibility and just the what ifs in such a beautiful, holistic and just eye-opening type of way. It's amazing. 
fantastic book recommendation. I am a big fan of The Alchemist. If you guys want to get uh, highlights from today's show, link out to The Alchemist, some takeaways, some quotes, etc. from Erica. Please check it out at our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're on the road or on a run and you want to just go to our website, click on podcast. Erica's episode will be right up there at the top on the week we release this. Erica, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Um, you can come on over to the website, which is ericacorday.com. You can learn a little bit more about me. I do uh, public speaking workshops, coming into groups and having these conversations when it is kind of challenging and they're like, I don't know that I can do this. Can you help me? And can you begin to lead my group through this? Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. They are all at Erica Corday. I also have a podcast, which is Pause on the Play, which I do have conversations like this. So if nothing else, it can give you a space to listen in and maybe get a little little bit of an extra oomph to go ahead and step past the possible imposter syndrome that comes up and to just do the thing and be an imperfect ally today. Beautiful. I love it, Erica. We will also link out to your your business. We'll link out to your podcast and uh, your social profiles. You can check all that out on our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. And as I said, click on Erica's episode and you'll get all those goodies there. Erica, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agencies so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.